Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ozone, live from Koreatown on a nice 90-degree day. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you heard me. It is March, and it is 90 degrees. This is why we spend so much money to live in the place known as the Lala. It's burning up. I'm your host. I'm Omar Miller. You can find me on Twitter, at Omar Miller, on Instagram, at Omar Benson Miller. You can find us at the Ozone Podcast everywhere, and this is the time to be here with my brother, Terry. Always the time. Icon's time. Mm. <laughs> Say it again. Say it loud. I'm Icon's and I'm proud. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so uh, we got a lot to cover today. We're going to try to make it quick. We got a special guest coming in. Can't wait for him to fly through, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but we're, we got a lot to talk about. We were a little ahead of the curve because things have exploded in Lakerland between right. the bus siblings. We got the civil, a sibling rivalry to cover. We got the Garcia versus Thurman result and aftermath. Uh, we have a very special guest named Jacques Cousteau Slade coming up, soul brother, and he's here to uh, talk to us about his sneakerhead activities, which I'm very eager to hear about. The World Baseball Classic is kicked off. We have a lot of action in football, and uh, we also have a lot of charitable action going around nowadays. It's just something that I really, really like. I'm going to start with the world of football, actually. I want to jump right into it because there's a lot of interesting moves going on. Have you been watching? Uh, have you been watching this this free agency of what's been going on right now? It has exploded. I mean, it just just busted wide open, as juveniles say. <laughs> yeah, the homie Calais has just cashed in. Ah, oh, good for Calais yeah, Campbell, ladies party. and gentlemen. You guys can go back and listen to the first edition of the Ozone for 2017. And uh, a friend of the Ozone, Calais Campbell, broke the story here that he was gonna search out free agency and see what the market had to offer. And apparently, the market responded. Uh, because with 30 guaranteed. With 30 guaranteed. That's Ooh, awesome. Calais. I'm so Good happy for him. Me too. Man. Me too. And you know what? It's a trip because nowadays football is actually seems like it's leaning towards actually paying people. You 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 perform well and you're rewarded, which is a surprise because in the past Football puts out these numbers. They'll tell you you got a five-year deal for $65 million, and then actually— You get $200. You get $250, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. You get, that's your signing bonus. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then they cut you after OTAs. And in this situation, Calais was voted the second best uh, defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman in the NFL— uh, by his ratings, he's a two-time Pro Bowler. He's going to Jacksonville, which I wonder if his decision had anything to do with him playing at University of Miami because he's familiar with Florida, even though that's North Florida. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how it all works out. I mean, nowadays, knowing guys and seeing how your life has to get upended for you to change locations and this, that, and the other, mm -hmm. it's kind of a, it's kind of interesting because there's a lot of action going on in North Florida. You see, they're talking about Deshaun Jackson going to. Uh, the Bucks, maybe right, and you had Brandon Marshall that went to the Giants, and I think that 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 duo over there in Tampa Bay is more effective actually than the Marshall Odell Beckham duo. It's going to be interesting because I actually think Brandon Marshall's underrated. He, I think he's, he's underrated as well, but Mike Evans is underrated. Mike Evans is underrated. <laughs> Mac Evans. Evans is underrated too. He makes some <laughs> of the best ribs you ever had in your life. Hey Mac, let me get some rib tip, medium soft. <laughs> Pick it up. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, Mike Evans, if you can get him healthy, when Mike Evans is healthy, man, that dude has hands across America. He gets a job done, and him and Deshaun down there, I still think famous Jameis Winston is a winner. Yeah, I do too. Despite his ridiculous comments to those kids the other day. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't hear about the comments. Hey, don't you come back here unless you come correct, sucker. <laughs> he didn't come correct. He told a bunch of school kids, elementary school kids, 
He told all the girls in the class to be quiet because uh, it's time for the boys and boys are loud and they lead and they make the way and little girls are quiet and they stay in their place and they sit behind and blah, blah, blah. I mean, oh, so he went back to the 50s. I'm, I just don't understand how you come up with that in 2017. The June Cleaver. Come on. It was too close to International Women's Day. It was too close. It was too close. I mean, this was this was a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And, you know, yeah, he is you know, 20, what, 22? Right. 23, something like that. But at the same time, th- these kind of thoughts, in my opinion, they shouldn't even. Now, do you believe that that's a Southern mentality? I don't know. I mean, there's some progressives in the South, but when you look at it with the Bible Belt and whatnot, I guess it is It, it is somewhat regional. I've realized more and more that we all live in our own version of the bubble, no matter what bubble that is. And the only way that you can fix that is to expose yourself to mix and mingle in other circles, both professionally and socially. Right. And oppressing women will never really work. And I really didn't like the Women's International Day like that because a day without women was really not (laughs) cool. I don't (laughs) I don't see any positive in not having women around. I think that's the point of the. The day without women, dude. Of course, but I don't still, I don't want to, I don't want it to happen. No women. I think that's going to get totally misconstrued and you're going to have a bunch of women who are going to say that you didn't like International Women's Day. No, don't say that. I'm just telling you how it sounds. I know you have a tendency to say things and you don't know how they sound when they come out and that's one of those things because it sounds like you're saying you didn't like International Women's Day. (laughs) I don't don't like that. Well, let me clear it. I don't like the idea of not having women around. How about that? There you go. So which in turn means you are, we're actually in support of International Women's Day because that's exactly what they were showing. They were showing by showing their absence, the International Women's Day Coalition was showing you that actually you don't like <laughs> not having women around. It's a problem. It's right. a serious problem. And unless you're famous Jameis. And then, <laughs> then apparently it's cool. Uh, either way it goes, I think he's a good football player. And I think that he's going to be a winner. I think that uh, I think that adding Deshaun Jackson, if they actually get him, I think that's going to help a lot. Going to help a lot. We got an interesting... Uh, had an interesting conversation with Trucker Dave off air, actually, where he was talking about a signing that the Patriots made. Where he yeah. was Stephon Gilmore, very, very excited about. No, 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 the tight end Allen. Oh, Dwayne Allen. I feel like Dwayne Allen might be a little bit too beat up. He's been hurt the past couple of years, so I think that he's a big pickup. But he's not that much different than uh, Martel- uh, Martellius Bennett. But the big pickup to me was the undercover pickup of Stephon Gilmore, the cornerback. They just got. They seem like they recognize they wanted to get younger and faster, mm-hmm. and they're making moves. Once again, now you're looking at a situation where you made a brain dead play, and Bill Belichick doesn't have space for you. Now Legarrette Blunt is out. Blunt force. It's, it's he's not. This guy led he led the league in touchdowns. He led the league in rushing touchdowns, and now, and now he's out. It. And now we can't use you because you had a brain fart in the Super Bowl at the wrong time. I I think they just shut Legarrette Blunt down because for me that was the whole scheme was to pound Garrett Blunt with them. But, you know, once they shut him down, I think he got thrown out of his game. He couldn't believe he was shut down. Maybe so. He, he went into a mind freak, a little Chris Angel. Yeah. And uh, and it didn't work out for him because now he's shipped out. I'm hearing a lot of talk about Adrian Peterson joining up over there. I think they should get Jamal Charles. He's a better receiver. You love Jamal uh, Charles. Because he <laughs> averages more. I think you have stock in the Jamal Charles corporation. I, I, if I could, I would because he averages more yards per <laughs> carry than any running back in football history. Wow. Wow. Any yeah. of them, more than Jim Brown, more than anybody. I get it, but it's just about is he, how much of a percent is he from that guy? That's the thing. After well, the injury. You're talking about the same thing about AP. Of course. AP of course. is a shell I'm of himself. Hey, listen, I'm not signing either one of the guys personally. AP but is a shell of himself. I, I can't say that. How do we know that he's a shell of himself? We haven't seen him. Yeah. 
He's actually he's had time off. So just like we were talking about, sometimes the time off actually helps certain athletes. It's basically like getting a pass and just a year to work out and get stronger. Right. So, you know, I that may be the case with Jamal Charles. It seems like he just got hurt with trying to come back too soon. Right. And he had one injury and everybody acted like he's an injury riddled player. This is true. And he hasn't been injury riddled his whole career. It's yeah, he, not like he, that. one injury does yeah. not make you injury riddled. But in the world of professional sports now, Everything is moving so fast. You know, they're all trying to get rid of you so that they can get the next guy. Just like the Cleveland Browns just did. Wow. So the Cleveland Browns decided they wanted to acquire Brock Osweiler, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, I guess that solves their quarterback riddle. But maybe they saw what we saw in that final game against the Texans. Mm. Because I actually wasn't mad at Brock Osweiler, uh, not against the Texans, against the Patriots. Sorry. Right. I was not mad at him in the playoffs. He actually put a lot of balls on the money that his receivers dropped. Right. Eventually, yeah, he made mistakes, but that was after he'd made a lot of good plays. But listen, every quarterback makes mistakes yep. during the game. Tom and, Brady included. Yes, and his was just amplified at that point. He didn't have any support. Because he didn't have any help. They didn't have a, the running game didn't get off the ground, and then the defense was on the field too long. Yep. Yep. Well, he's going to be playing in ice-cold Cleveland, and it's going to be interesting to see what goes on there. Well, he played in ice-cold Denver, so he should be fine. I agree. And uh, and he actually seemed like he was more effective in Denver than he was in Houston. Right. Now, do you think that's a scheme thing, or do you think that it's, uh, you know, him? You know, the guy is so young that it's hard to say. He has the tools. He's a big guy. He, you know, he has the tools to move the ball. I saw in that playoff game when he got his confidence together, mm-hmm. he seemed like he was really, you know, he seemed like he was he he was the Brock Osweiler that took over for Peyton Manning that was really, really effective. And if everybody, I mean, people have a short memory, but there was a lot of rumblings when he took that job from uh, Peyton Manning, when Peyton Manning got hurt, when Peyton Manning came back the year they won the Super Bowl, a lot of people didn't want Peyton Manning to get his starting job back I think immediately. That the, yeah, I think they would have won either way. I think so, too. That defense was just smothering. Yeah, and you could have probably had some kind of offense with Brock Osweiler. I don't feel like they did him right. Well, and now you look at the situation, and all of the rumors have been swirling around about Tony Romo going to Denver. Why is it that Tony Romo is considered the greatest quarterback of all time? <laughs> I just don't get that. The dude's been in the league about 11 to 12 years. He's won like one, maybe two playoff games. People love Tony Romo. They swear by Tony and Romo. And you know what else they do for Tony Romo? They dissect numbers that they I feel like they pace together that really make him seem better than he actually is. Right. Because at the end of the day, he's a brittle quarterback. Yes, and he's had the same offensive line that that kid had, Dak Prescott, and he did not perform. He got his back broken. <laughs> he got his back broke, and he... Crushed a couple ribs a couple times. Yeah. I don't think that, uh, yeah. He seems I like know. a great guy. I mean, but as far as a football player, he's a good quarterback. I don't think that you could consider him a Hall of Famer. A lot of people want to build around Tony Romo. It seemed like Jerry Jones was number one. <laughs> Jerry Jones, was he he, found, he was trying to find every excuse in the book for that Dak. That was a serious bromance. Hey, hey, was Dak late today? <laughs> I think we need to bench him. You, you. <laughs> can, 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 can you trip the boy? <laughs> Did you see a woman coming out of his room last night? A man, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, he he seemed like there was anything that they could do to get him, you know, to get Tony Romo's job back without causing an uproar in the Cowboy Nation, they would have done. And it didn't end up working that way. Um, and now they're talking about, now immediately they're saying that that was a move made by the Houstons to then in turn court Tony Romo to come play for the Texans next year. Do you think that, uh, <laughs> who do you think is behind that? 
I don't know. Uh, Pepe Le Pew? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Could be Jerry Jones. Do you think Jerry Jones is going to pay his salary still? I don't know. He <laughs> Gladly. He loves him. Total bromance. Uh, Tory, the Eagles seem like they're really working on offense because they signed Torrey Smith, who had a super down year. But uh, he was playing in San Francisco. He's playing in San Francisco, and he's coming off an injury. He got a concussion, which changed everything. It was the first time he didn't play, I think, at least 14 or 15 games his but whole career. Torrey Smith is not really like a, a receiver like that. But who is just signed is Alshon Jeffrey. Which is a big-time receiver. And that's who the Eagles just signed him right now to a $14 million one-year deal. Although they signed uh, Torrey Smith to a three-year deal. So they're basically trying to get some help from Wentz out there and yeah. and, and make some noise. Because Not, they had the dropsies. They had a serious case of the dropsies out there in Philadelphia. Seemed like it. Seemed like it. I, I just think it's uh, good to go back to the Romo situation. I think it's smarter for the Cowboys to trade him than to just release him. I never understood that. Yeah, they're, they're supposed to be trading him either to the Texans or what, to the... Uh... Denver Broncos. Yeah, but mm-hmm. but that's what I'm saying. Originally, they were just talking about releasing him, which I didn't understand unless they knew something about his health, you know, that nobody else knew. He's supposed to be healthy, and you know he's a, he can move the ball. And in a, move the ball. a Denver type of situation, I feel like he could probably be a winner. I say the main thing that you could say for Tony Romo is he never really had great defense. Right. And a lot of the great quarterbacks that we consider to be great – have also operated under great defenses. You know what I mean? They've had they've had great D to help them out. Well, the Texans had the, what the number one defense last year in football. So, yeah. So if you put him in that situation, and it's going to amplify his abilities. Yes, and then you have a number one receiver other than DeAndre Hopkins. So you know you never can tell how it might turn out. Yeah. Maybe they can play in Mexico City though and keep making bad calls to the Raiders. <laughs> uh, the Raiders. Oh, and then we got this nonsense. Will you guys please leave the Raiders in Oakland? Me even send him to San Diego. Got to go to I, Vegas, dude. I cannot root for the LA, the the Las Vegas Raiders. Sounds terrible. Any it doesn't major roll out of your mouth Vegas. right, and you it just has the the feel of corruption. It know? sure does. You it's just like, have that whole back room, exactly that back room stogie like. feel of it. It does. It does. And and you got all those guys who are already prone to getting in trouble. We see it every single day. I actually have a day job pretty much because these guys get in so much trouble in real life. Right and by that, I mean Ballers, a television show coming this summer, season three on HBO. Uh, but, you know, if you amplify that temptation by going to Las Vegas and living in Las Vegas for the season, I don't know about that, man. That's going to be a tough that's, – that's a tough one. Really, really tough one. Yeah, you have that and, like I said, the, the feel of the air of it being corrupted in some form or sense. And you know what kills me about the whole situation? Well, what, I've been meaning to ask you. What kills you about that whole situation? Well, what's in killing me <laughs> is that – all these major sports are always trying to stay away from gambling, and then you go and put a, a major sports team in a gambling mecca. Yeah, but you know what? And what's the trip about that is, is are they really trying to stay away from gambling? No, they're not. You, you know, know? Because, because what they're saying is, I mean, they just straight up came out and told the truth in basketball. Right. Adam like Silver it. just came out and said, hey, we like it. We think Vegas could be a good opportunity, and we want to figure out how to get DraftKings and, uh, and, FanDuel, on and FanDuel on the scene. We're, we're all the way live. Why wouldn't you? Because Matter of fact, people- I got a side bet for you right now. <laughs> I bet you I hit this 10. Hit me, give me five on this 10 right now. huh? Hit him. <laughs> but, yeah, so, so now the NFL has to once again confront something that makes them hypocritical where they act like they're not about certain things, but you're moving the team to Las Vegas. Come on, man. You gotta be real. Don't don't fool yourself. I listen. They trying not to cheat themselves. They want to treat themselves. I don't know. 
why I just don't understand why you would want to do more of that. You know, I don't it doesn't to me, it doesn't seem like a, it doesn't seem like the right move. But I guess we have to watch and see how it plays out. Now, what does seem like the right move is did you see this news about Chance the Rapper? Oh, giving away that cheese. Yeah, he gave away a million bucks. He donated a million bucks that he's supposed to be earmarking and helping to look at with his team uh, to help look at because he's saying, hey, look, I'm a product of Chicago public schooling and I'm seeing the Chicago public schools are really letting us down. They're letting the community down and they don't have the resources that they need. So I'm going to spend my cheese to do that. Putting his money where his mouth is. He's not just going around bumping his gums. He's getting it done, man. That's getting it done. That's getting it done. Big love to Chance the Rapper. I met the kid once in a, um, and he's really young. And I met oh, him. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met him in the studio one night. And no, I was not dropping my hot 16. I was just having to be observing. And uh, real cool dude. But the way that that ties into the sports world, for anybody who's wondering, is now the Seattle Seahawks, Michael Bennett, is. Literally, let me read you the post that he put up on his uh, on his Instagram. I was inspired by Chance the Rapper to think bigger. And this is the one good thing Chance the Rapper really did. Not just the one, but one of the good things. He actually made a call to action because what he did was he said, hey, you know what? I need y'all's help. I'm doing this part, but I'm going to need help. And he said it to everybody. He just put it out there and he challenged the governor out there, which was great. But it just goes to show how many people are watching. Michael Bennett says, I was inspired by Chance the Rapper to think bigger when he pledged $1 million to Chicago kids in their school system. So I'll be joining him by investing in the future of our youth. The system is failing our kids, and it will be up to the community and our leaders to help keep the hope alive by focusing on improving our education system and the future of our kids. Any company that decides to invest in me, just know that you'll be investing in opportunities and providing inspiration for these families. Many who feel unnoticed or go unmentioned. I have decided to donate all of my endorsement money in 2017 to help rebuild minority communities through STEAM STEAM programs, as well as the initiatives that directly affect women of color in hopes that we create more opportunities for our youth and build a brighter future. In addition, 50% of the proceeds from my jersey sales this year will go to programs and initiatives to support inner city garden projects. And it's not only about providing opportunities in education and arts, but to help provide the right nutrition and access to healthy living to all. I'm asking all professional athletes to join me by donating a portion of your endorsements this year to a cause of your choice. We can make a difference. It's up to us to help plant seeds of hope and help fuel the future. Power to the people. Michael Bennett. It's a strong statement there. Yeah, it is strong. And um, I feel like there's not enough of not just athletes, but overall uh, people, affluent people. Yeah, affluent people, people of power that don't really look out for the the, the little guy. And you know what I think that is? I think a lot of people um, of power and affluence actually grew up in power and affluence. Right. As opposed to maybe the class of power and affluence that is put in our face, which is, you know, the athletes, the actors and so on and so forth. A lot of which who actually came from very humble and meager backgrounds. Right. So they see directly in their own life and in their own families and their own circles, how schools let them down or how the communities may have let them down. Whereas if you grew up well, the chances of you thinking, yeah, the public schools are really letting you down. Right. Or interacting with anybody from, you know, it's back to that bubble thing. Yeah. So then, so then you're thinking, yeah, things are working the way that they're supposed to work. You know, it's just really easy to get brainwashed into that. And I just, I for one really appreciate the call to action by both Chancellor Rapper and Michael Bennett. you know, as a man and as an adult, 
it it's very hard because it's a little too easy in a certain sense. There's when you're a kid, especially when you're an athlete, you're always you always have someone to answer to. You're always being challenged and there's mm -hmm. someone to answer to and there's a, a results driven thing. Well, as you get older and the more success that you gain, there's less and less people to answer to as far as who you're actually helping and the results. Right. And it's great to see somebody like him being influenced by somebody even younger than him mm -hmm. who went out and said, hey, here's a need. I'm going to fill this need. Now, in real life, should these individuals have to donate their hard-earned money to to the cities that are supposed to be taken care of? That they're collecting taxes for? That they collect taxes out of your check and my check and Ernie's check and everybody's check except for President Trump's check for? <laughs> and yet, and still, we find this situation where everybody's coming up short. A lot of people are coming up short in the inner city and just short of exposure. And that's what this is going to do. I, I'm, I'm really impressed. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, well, wow, it's pretty deep of you. <laughs> so, uh, it is. It is. It's a. It's an awesome situation. NFL free agency is popping. I got a feeling we're gonna have a lot more to report coming up soon. I see uh, Scott McLuhan has still disappeared from the Washington Redskins, which led Kirk Cousins to directly go to owner Dan Snyder and plead for a trade. And that, they said no. They they gave him a big fat no. Uh, they gave him well, a no sandwich. But why won't they sign him long term then? With cheese. Because from what I understand, it seems like a personal beef. Because I think the ownership over there has a problem with the uh, with the Shanahan's. And from what I understand, Kirk wants to go play with Kyle Shanahan in. And they're not going to let that happen. They're not going to let that happen because if they're successful, it's a real black eye. Mm -hmm. And truth be told, for all of the the hail to the skins out there, fans, it's going to be you know I don't think you want to let a guy go who's shown so much promise. And I think that ownership is going to have a serious problem, even if they pay him that big money this year and then next year let him go. You know, I don't I don't think it's going to be something that that they'll take to. Right. Because it takes a long time to try to build something. Seems like they're on that road. They just re-signed the homie Vernon Davis, which was good for Vernon. He got to stay home out there from Washington, D.C. What I was blown away about Washington was their defense was so bad. Bad. And they, you know, they picked up Josh Norman, and they had a couple other defensive pieces that they picked up, and they looked like they were they had solidified that thing over there, and they turned out to not be up to code. They seemed like they didn't. It, it kind of reminded me of the Rams because the Rams had that bad defense, and the Rams are supposed to be known for defense, and right. it was like it didn't seem like there was a cohesion. It, it's it's so much more than just having the right pieces on paper. You know what I mean? Well, I think the Rams' problem was that because um they didn't have they they stayed on the field too long. Yeah, because they had no offense. Yeah, they had no offense, and so they're on the field too long. Yeah, but still, you've never seen in recent history those Rams teams giving up 45, 50 points a game. That's yeah, but, like, but then you had Ty Gurley, too, that was running amok that kept them off you know, on the sideline. Because yeah, for it, sure. Because staying on the field. You yeah, know, as you saw yeah, in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl, eventually catches up with you. It goes the wrong way. goes the wrong way. But what can go the right way for you? Is what? It's the package that I actually have in the car for you. Oh, nice. Which is a package of delivery every single month. You can get a box of clothes, ladies and gentlemen, worth more than $150 that you'll only pay $65 for. That same box of clothes will be curated to your personal taste in the current fashion. This is a product of being a member of the 5-4 Club. Ladies and gentlemen, go to 5-4club.com, use promo code OMAR, sign up, and get fly for the summer. 5-4club.com. Life and style. Woo-wee! I think if I didn't have 5-4, I might walk around in my drawers. And that could be dangerous. It could be dangerous. I don't think that's... Uh, I, they just, the LAPD just killed somebody the other day for wielding a pipe that was fully clothed. I think if you walked around wielding a pipe naked, it, it doesn't work. 
doesn't work for you, brother. Oh, you okay. could be on your way out. You I better keep my 5-4 subscription. <laughs> have to worry about International <laughs> Women's Day <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, moving on, we got thieves in the temple again. Yes, of course. And they're going to stay in the temple as long as we keep broadcasting it via social media where I am and what I'm doing. Wow. This is this is the now generation when you it's ha- a product of that now yes. generation. So I have to tell you what I'm doing right now or it doesn't count or it doesn't count. It's like I'm not even actually doing it. But guess what? There are eyes out there and they're saying, guess what? Oh, okay, he's in the Bahamas. Let us actually. You, know, you love to take it to the Caribbean. Love Every it. time you love. You, love... <laughs> kind of you love to go to the Caribbean uh, with it. I mean, the water's beautiful. People are beautiful, <laughs> right? Let's go to the Caribbean. But let's not tell them when we're going. Oh, my goodness. Hilarious. So, no, nah, so I think that uh, I think that one thing that you, you have to do is look at the situation. It seems to be a rash of it happening in Los Angeles, but it, it, it's happening all over the place, but you hear about it here in Los Angeles. Yes, it's, and, it's a pattern now, right? Yeah, and so there's a situation where you're saying, Nick Young, for those who don't know what we're talking about, now the word is out that Lakers uh, guard Nick Young just got robbed. And a house of his just got robbed for $500,000 worth of jewelry and cash. Uh, and this is the second time they ran up in his house. Apparently there was, you know, they they, they ran in, up in a different house prior to this and mm-hmm. stole and broke him off. Uh, Puig has has gotten robbed. Alanis Morissette, who's pretty much the only one in this group who seems like that's not a part of uh, – actually, that's not true. That's not a part of this this generation because Derek Fisher also got robbed. Right. Now, do you guys – do you feel like that this is an inside job, like one group that's just running around terrorizing athletes and celebrities? Or do you think that it's an inside job of their friends or fake friends, obviously, or people who want to be a part of you know their situation? Well, when you give people an opportunity to scout out your life, pretty much is what you do when you are on social media like that. And you're constantly updating or putting out photos of where you are at that exact moment. You open yourself up to a lot of things because people literally can say, oh, you know what? That guy, whether whether, you know, you think that these people are your friends or not, they have ulterior motives. And so what they do is set set the plan in motion. You've actually given them the opportunity to do this. My thing is, is. Why is five hundred thousand dollars the number that you're supposed to have in your house as a professional athlete? I think that's what jewelry and cash, as they like to go with, <laughs> give you a nice jewelry and cash package. I think a number three, uh, a five hundred thousand dollar jewelry and cash combo. <laughs> I just don't understand. I'm telling everybody right now who wants to know. I don't have jewelry or cash in my house. I have very big dogs and a lot of guns, and I don't really have. I, I don't Hester. I, I, I walk around bare chest all day. <laughs> Reading manuals about the NRA. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I, it's just a trip. Uh, it's Obviously, it's not cool, but it's it's an, another interesting um, narrative, if you will, on society. Because what, what society is saying here is we've had enough. We don't have anything. Right. You guys have everything. And we're going to get yours. Which is a trip. Because when you think about it, you know... You never hear about the owners of any of these teams' homes being robbed. You never hear about Jerry Jones's house being robbed. You don't know where Jerry is. Jerry don't an know old-timer. where Jerry is. Jerry's an old timer. Sometimes I might be at the house polishing up my rifle. Might be there. <laughs> you might come in and I have something for you. Walking around in my chaps <laughs> with Tony Romo <laughs> with a Tony Romo poster up. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, you have that. Uh, yeah, you know, you never, but you really don't. You never hear about that. You hear about these players, the young dudes. I mean, you know, they. I, one thing I didn't appreciate is the news put Puig's house on. They like they went out there. Why not? There he got him. Man, he might have put another five hundred cash in uh, jewelry package in there. <laughs> wow, gotta let, gotta let him get home first. He hasn't replaced it. Man, uh, it's just wow. What a world. What a world that we live in. Ladies and gentlemen, our special guest has arrived. We have in the building hey, hey. a sneakerhead. Yes. A digital influencer. Okay. An all-around great guy. Oh, I'll, t- I'll take that. My mom will be proud. Mm. And a man of faith. Jacques Slade, ladies and gentlemen. Jacques Cousteau Slade. What's going on? What's hey, going hey. on? What's going on is this is the cool segment, and you just ushered it in. Okay. We put on our cool costumes and our own filters in real life. Exactly. Okay. These are analog filters. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. Those, those are the best kind. These are be- Those are the best kind. Because <laughs> you can actually touch them and feel them. And, and take them off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And stop when you don't need and, it. And stop. When your mama say stop, you stop. <laughs> you got to get manners. Yeah. So yeah. Hey, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, all, all over the place. I'm on the internets uh, at <laughs> Kusto, K-U-S-T-O-O. Uh, that's Twitter, Instagram, Snap, YouTube. All that, all that. That's that's where I exist. I exist in the digital world, and you get to see me in person right now. I know it that's is awesome. real. It's like coming up on the gorillas when they were all they, just yeah, cartoons, man. and then they turned into. Come on, come on, come on, talk yeah, about but, it. But but you know what? It's uh, it's great. I mean, when I first was introduced to you by your manager, one love to Ray Hughes, Ray Ray. Uh, you know what's the trip is is that. I was a big Jacques Cousteau fan when I was a kid, <laughs> like right. a giant. I used to Absolutely. watch so much of his underwater work. His marine work was just the, the legendary. Absolutely. And so uh, to see you come on with the name, that you had credibility off the top in oh, my book. Oh, well. A lot of people sleep on Jacques Cousteau. They do. They don't. Right. A lot of people don't even know who he is these days. That's what I'm saying. And his son <laughs> is an activist as well. Yeah, absolutely. Or his grandson, rather. Sorry. Philippe Cousteau. So talk to me, man. Did you did you get sports proficient for this this segment? I got as proficient as I possibly could. I'm, 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 hoping, I'm hoping I don't make a fool, complete fool of myself in here. Well, it's all good. You ain't going to do it. What, what we want to talk about is that fight. I don't know if you ended up watching that fight, but this past weekend, Danny Swift Garcia took his 33-0 record up against Keith Thurman's 26-0 uh, record, and it was a good fight. It was a really good fight, and it, uh, it actually busted ratings numbers. Did you guys see that? I, wow, I didn't. On CBS? Yes. They said this was the highest rated primetime fight in 30 years, 25 years or something like that. Years? You you know, wow. you know, before pay-per-view, though, all of them used to be on broadcast television. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And how did Jesus get around? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> no Twitter, huh? The, the, no Twitter. Yeah. No, no socials. He didn't have socials. He was he not on the handle, handle, huh? Yeah. What would his but, handle be right now? The, the one. At, yeah, yeah. The chosen one. At, yeah. <laughs> At the goat, <laughs> <laughs> the, the Trinity, one of those, one of those. <laughs> the Trinity, the Trinity, yeah. Nah, Mar- Mary's boy, Mary's boy, <laughs> Mary's son, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, no. So, uh, yeah, man. So that that fight, it busted records. It did. It made some noise out there. And you know, I thought it was interesting from a marketing campaign, just in general, because they recognized, you know what, we got to start making stars. And we can't just charge everybody a ton of money for pay-per-view right. guys that nobody necessarily knows. Right. So this is almost like a situation where you're in a development league. Oh, there you uh, go. That's a. Good, that's a uh, I, I was gonna. I was. Just, well, when you mentioned that it was the highest one, it, it made me think about like I felt like boxing was in a bit of a slump for a while, uh, especially with like just with in the in the public consciousness. It wasn't like a big thing, and like I felt like views were going down. I, mean, I don't obviously don't have any any statistics to back this up. Yeah, but let me but ask you're your right. Question. Yeah, <laughs> okay. but, but you're right. Ask you a question. Do you think that's because of bad decisions? 
Uh, I think that's more of there were no there were no real stars. There was no like a name that had the public consciousness like like Tyson. Like there was no like everybody See, this, knows this Tyson. Is, in, in my, Floyd, in my, uh, but, yeah, but like outside of Floyd, that was really. I mean, you had Manny, but you know, here's the thing: the way that the, the recipe to pick up these guys to make them stars is you need a combination of people who can actually deliver the goods, right? And who also have big personalities. And the problem is, in my opinion, is that boxing has had guys that have one or the other. And they have one or the other based on the fact that, you know, unfortunately, guys don't fight who they're supposed to fight. Right. And then on top of not fighting who you're supposed to fight, the stable effect. And then when you do fight who you're supposed to fight, you have suspect decisions, which makes people just say, man, I just go to UFC because I know who won the fight. I always know who won the fight. Right. They might be making $45 for this fight, but I know who won the fight. (laughs) So they need to get their union game together and that's on them. (laughs) But but I know who won the fight, so I don't feel bad about paying my $60 for the pay-per-view. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think uh, when you say the personalities, I feel like, we had Floyd and everybody kind of knows Floyd, but Floyd was like over the top personality. It wasn't like he in a classic boxing vein. Yeah, yeah, just like an over the top personality, and I think that kind of turned some kind of some people off. And then the 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 back and forth between him and Pacquiao about never fighting, and then they were going to fight, and they're not going to fight, and, and then they took too long to took fight, too long to fight, and then, then they finally fought, and it was it's just like you just <sighs> like, yeah. come on. But I'm this okay, so so but then back to the fight. So what happened was is they set a record at the gate. At the at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, and then they also what they went and did is is they uh they they set a record on the visual as well on television. So you're talking about a situation where the 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 sport the public is saying to the sport, "Hey, look, if you guys make the right people fight, we will respond and we will support." Right. Because the weekend before that, you had a heavyweight fight, which if you want to start talking about breaking records, nobody brings them out like the big boys. And the 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 heavyweight champ right now is Deontay Wilder, and he's the first American, I think, WBC champ in maybe like 50 years or some crazy amount of time, wow. 30 no, years. No, that was on Fox, right? And that was on regular television as well. Mm-hmm. And uh and he was in trouble until he brought out that thunder. And he ended up knocking out that guy, Gerald Washington, but that did its numbers as well. In this fight, I think the analysis for me watching the fight was exactly what I thought was going to happen. Keith Thurman came out. He was the more athletic fighter. He was the more aggressive fighter, and he looked like the stronger fighter. Danny seems to start slow, and that seemed to really hurt him because Keith came out dropping bombs. But he couldn't put him down. Couldn't put him down. He had him. He had him on uh, on on palm tree in the first round, yeah, but he but couldn't get him out of there. I felt like Garcia was stronger than him. I, it looked really? like to me. Yeah, I felt like he was when he connected with his left. You know, but Thurman weathered the storm and he popped his jab and he moved laterally, which caused Garcia a problem. You know, that's the thing. Garcia was plotting. He was he was he was slow and he was yeah. not on his toes. And that's where the problem came in. The other problem that came in was Keith Thurman, who in my opinion won the fight seven to five or maybe six uh, six four and two even yeah. something like that. But but he he uh, he ended up running late, and that's what gave him Garcia the the four to five rounds that he got. I agree because but, he, but I think he, he started running because of the body shots. What did, what did you see? So I mean, but this is the thing. Like for, I just want to go back to the, to the your scores. Like I find yeah. it really hard to score a fight unless it's an obvious obvious win. Because I feel like when you say like running, I kind of feel like some of that strategy. Like it's fully it's strategy. Hard, it's hard to see, like, and, and for me, and, and you know, because I'm because I'm not a boxer. I've never 
boxed in the ring. So this is I'm all speaking totally hypothetically here. I feel like sometimes running is 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 a bit of a strategy. So I, I guess it's hard for me to determine whether like are you running because of the body shots or did he give you a couple body shots and you're like okay strategically I'm a kind of I'm gonna move around a little bit to tire him out or am I just running because. I think my insides are bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> I think a little bit of both. That's what I'm about to say. I think it's a combination, to be honest. It's a combo piece. Because ultimately, you saying that you're not a boxer means that you're like 99% of the people who have ever watched the fights. Right. And unfortunately, you're about as like 100% of the judges who judge the fights. Oh. Now, the, the, the problem is, is that in that, you have to determine whether it's strategy or whether it's design and which one is effective. Because... A guy can be playing defense just by dancing. Dancing and running are two different things. What we saw Thurman do was run late. Yes, mm -hmm. a la De La Hoya. And he didn't, it, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. And he didn't, okay. he didn't mix it up. You can still dance, but then at certain parts of the round, you step in when step the dude it up gets give. tired of chasing you around. You step in, mix it up, and confuse him and score your points. You know, you still have to score points to win the rounds. Right. And I, you know, Thurman late seemed like he thought he was up like eight to one because come the ninth, tenth round, I don't know, that ninth round is when he got the body shot that really seemed like it sent him on his horse. I'm a big one-time fan, but he did run late. I still think he won the fight. I think they, they yeah, got it right. They, they got it right. Most of them got it right. Once again, you got a situation where one of the judges saw it 116-112 for Garcia. There's no chance that you, unless you are related to Nanny Garcia, even his father was in the corner talking about, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Come on. And you know they what knew. I mean? Yeah, that's they what, knew. That's what makes it so hard for me to judge a fight. Because like, I feel like the judges, these are professional people that watch boxing all the time. Like, yeah. not just the stuff that's on TV, right. which is like my boxing. Right. Like, that's my, bo that's my <laughs> boxing. The and stuff that comes really on TV and, and, and stuff that comes on pay-per-view. But these guys are in, I feel like they're in boxing gyms. They're, yeah. they're watching people train. And if they say, Garcia, like, if one of them is like, Garcia, he put in work today. <laughs> right. Work but they get today. serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for, for him to say that and then other two to be like, nah. <laughs> Nah. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. 116, 112, that's so lopsided. Like, see, the, the both see, other, how, the other ones were one, I think it was 115, 113, which is what I had it. I right. had a 115, 113. I could have even gone 115, it was, 114. Yeah, but the only reason it was 115, 113 was because Thurman ran. It shouldn't even, it should have been a unanimous decision because I like Garcia, but he wasn't moving. He wasn't throwing punches. He did not let it go. And he took too long to get it started. Yes. He took a long time to get into the fight. Like the early rounds, he seemed like he was being stalked. Keith Thurman came out and clocked him straight away. He came out and woke rung his bell like, hey, we here to fight. And that seemed like it set the tone in the way that you would want to set the tone because before the fight, that's what he said he was going to do. So, so I guess my question, my question to you guys is, so how does a judge get 116 and the other two are completely the complete opposite? Like, what is it that he's seeing? Is that like, that's the We've question. Been trying exactly to wonder, that I, we wonder <laughs> the same thing <laughs> here for what, several what fights seen, now. What he's seeing is a check. <laughs> and actually, it's cash, so it's untraceable. It's he's untraceable. seeing an envelope full of cash. Okay. Yeah. It's exactly Bitcoin. what he's seeing. Okay. Could be Bitcoin. Okay. Might be Bitcoin. Might be, could yeah. be digital. So, that's up your alley. Yeah, yeah. That's digital yeah. space. So, so I'm, I'm, just, I'm asking the wrong question. Yeah, man, because there's no way you can say a guy's not on the take that sees it that far lopsided. Right. Okay. okay. I mean, we're talking way lopsided. Now, let's listen to some of the post-fight so that you can hear exactly what Keith Thurman has to say about the running versus the, the planned strategy. That was a good fight. You heard that. Defense. Defense. 
It's boxing, baby. What do you say? I can't hear. The WBC would be disgusted to have you as a champion. Now, all that, by the way, is Danny Garcia's dad. Oh, Look, okay. man, I told him ahead of time. You fought Khan. He could box. You fought Matisse. He could punch. But you never fought somebody that can box and punch at the same time. Uh-oh. You know? Uh-oh. Now, people forget that boxing is a sport. And sports are scored on a point system, right? Now, fight fans love to see a tremendous fight. And sometimes when you come to a boxing match, you do get that. You get what you want. You get what you desire. But sometimes you see boxing. Well, Boxing is an art. All right. I finessed my way to victory. Preach. I told you that my defense and my accurate punching is what made me victorious. It was a small margin, but it still made me victorious over Sean Porter, okay? Danny, we believe that we took a big lead. We hit him with big punches early on, and he had this awkward movement about him. He had this awkward way he wanted to counter me. I was aware of his counters. I told you guys that he throws wide. I wanted to throw wide, too. I wanted to show him, like, you know, you swing, I swing. Batter up, right? I've been... Giving y'all baseball references this whole week. <laughs> so Yo, this is just a little bit of what talking that mess. Like, he's talking that mess yeah. after oh, the fight. After the fight. After like, he already got the dub. Yeah, got the w, the dub. Yeah, and still like so. Look, this is the best fight of my life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I've been. He was committed I, I to his win. Yeah, yeah. yeah he he didn't committed. back off. He didn't yeah. back off of his his win or his ability. And I have to agree with him about the early work. He did put in work early. Yeah, but then he he went to the Floyd Mayweather era of getting on and dancing, so called boxing of not engaging. You know, and I think the people pay for a fight a lot of times, and they want to see you engage at yeah. some point. And he engaged early, but I paid for twelve rounds and. In this situation, we didn't pay. Right, right. But, right, right. but that's the point. And I think that what they were doing was somewhat. But you don't rip them off because they didn't pay. They're, they're, they're doing, well, they're investing their time and uh, as the fans. But I think what's going on also is a little bit of relationship building, you know, mm. between the promoters, mm. the boxers, mm-hmm. and the audience. And what's happening is, is that that's what they're doing. We got to get, if you weren't, uh, if you are just a casual boxing fan, you got to, to get acquainted with two very, very top level boxers. Right. Right. And their styles. And you probably want to see them fight again. Maybe not those two guys, but you're probably willing to, if you hear their names come back, that you're willing to tune in. Right. Are you willing to pay yet? Who knows? It depends on who the other guy is. Now, what they're saying is, is that Keith Thurman is going to fight a guy named Earl Spence next. And what I can tell you is, is that Earl Spence is the real deal. If Earl Spence gets by... Uh, what's your yes. man? Yes, Errol Spence is fighting next. Uh, a good fighter. Yes, the guy from England. Good, oh, Kel Brook. Brook. Yeah, Kel, Kel Brook. Eye socket broke which by is, Triple G. Which is a dangerous fight for Errol Spence. I yes. wish he didn't have to fight him so early. Yes, because he's coming off a serious injury. I mean, you have a skull fracture. Yeah, that's, he got his eye socket crushed by a friend of Terry's. <laughs> Triple and G. And he's on his way. Matter of fact, he's right behind you. Hey, what's up, Ganani? <laughs> no, that's Jacques who's talking that head. Yeah, that was him. <laughs> I, I, I ain't going to look. I ain't going to look, man. I ain't going to look. I'm cool. just taking him. He's like, just going to dope gonna, me. Yeah, gonna, if you're going to do it, just go on and do it. Just go on and do it. I'm not even going to look back because I don't even want to see it coming. I'm not going to look back. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. Do it. Hilarious. Mm-mm. Yeah, man. So, so yeah. So, uh, I think that there's going to be that coming. He, yeah, he got his eye socket crushed by... I don't know, probably the number two pound for pound fighter in the world. 
Um, so, yeah. it, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. But I want to talk about you for a little bit. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. We brought you up in here, boy. want to talk about you. But uh, we're going to we're going to this segment is going to be brought to you by Melissa's Organic Produce Clean Snacks. Oh. I'm about to hit you with one of the most delicious things you've ever tasted in your okay. entire life. Uh, you watch this. Oh, oh it's, it's, I'm going to yeah. go almond. Got, got a little weight to it. All right. Got some. All right. Clean snacks. Clean snacks. Mm. Yeah, I need that in my life because uh, gummy bears are uh, not clean. Not, not clean. No, <laughs> those are called processed snacks. Yeah. Mm. This is, mm. you know, I, you know, I hear, I see the cranberry. While, while we go, mm-hmm. take a little break for you guys. Yeah. You may not want to hear us uh, chow down, but if you want to, you can go over to Melissa's. Dot com. They can mail them out to your house. They're delicious. They really are. This is really good. I'm trying to tell that you. That coconut is efficient. That coconut yeah. is like a ref with a whistle. <laughs> you hear me? <laughs> to, to or whistle. So yeah. So yeah. So we want to speak. Want to speak on it real quick. And um, right. while you're digging in, let me, okay, let me quit dropping my face. Okay. Go ahead. And uh, and just figure out how did you get involved in designing and making sneakers for the set that you're making on. Let's give the people uh, what they want. Um, you tell the people what it is that you do exactly. Um, so, um, well, I'm, that's, I'm, I don't, I don't design sneakers, but I appreciate, I appreciate the thought. I appreciate that you looked at this face and thought. So he those could ones that sneakers. I bought with your design on them with <laughs> the bootleg. <laughs> no, you went to the alley. If you bought some, bought some with my face on it, then I need to know about it. Um, <laughs> I was trying to support for yeah, the segment. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, let me know where they are. I want to buy some myself. Um, so I started. Actually, I got into the sneaker world. Uh, actually, I was between jobs. I was a. Uh, I was a. I was a teacher um, at a at a charter school teaching music. I taught at the school called the uh, High School for Recording Arts, and the school closed down. And while the school was closed down, I um, I was like, oh, I need a job because I, I was like auditioning and stuff, and like that. None of that stuff was kind of popping off for me. And so I started. Um, I started writing for a sneaker site, and oh, wow. I just. Cause I mean I play ball, play, I mean play basketball like everybody else, and so I knew a little bit. <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew a little bit about sneakers, and it just kind of grew from there. I just took on more and more responsibility, and because I had done like some movies and TV and stuff, I I was like, oh, I should do video, like because I kind of know a little bit more about that world than I do about like the hardcore sneaker stuff. And so I started doing video, and that really opened it up because uh, there was no one really doing high quality video on YouTube for the sneaker world. And I kind of just jumped head on into that and it just just exploded from there and left me like kind of where I am now. I worked for a website for another two years and then 2013, I started doing it on my own and it's just grown from there. And now like it's it's my literally my job is to make YouTube videos about sneakers and sports and stuff. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow, crazy, man. Thank crazy, God crazy. for that. I love that. I Yo. love that. I, I, the only downside to that story is that the school closed. Right. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's uh, that's an unfortunate piece of where we are now, but yeah. it's great. That's a great situation of making um, lemonade out of the lemons that yeah. life gave you. Fun, fun fact, one of, my, one of my students was actually Tyler, the creator. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was, he was in my music class. Wow. Yeah. Well, it worked wow. for him. Nah, yeah, no, he was, he, was, he was dope before me, so I, don't, I can't take any credit. I just, no, I just yeah, but that's not, that's not necessarily what the teacher does. It's not that the teacher necessarily gives the kid the talent. He recognizes, he nurtures, he fosters, he puts him in an environment so that that talent can come out and be flowing freely. Absolutely. And he was just as, as talented as he is now than he, as he was then. Yeah, he's, wow. he's a good kid. And so in that situation, how long was that process? Or the the school or, or how grow. long how long was that process from you to go from 
uh, a school teacher to starting to make videos about high quality video about sneakers and blah 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 to where you are now as in a, a, an, an official digital influencer with a, uh, your own YouTube channel and the whole nine. Uh, so a lot of people don't realize, but like that's I started working at that sneaker site in two thousand nine. So that's what eight years. It's been eight years to get here. Um, from two thousand nine to two thousand thirteen, I worked at a, a website. Went to another website. Um, did some work for them. We didn't necessarily agree. Uh, we decided to part ways. Uh, so that's that's what actually drove me to start doing it on my own. I was, uh, you know, funny story, I was supposed to be on ESPN to talk about Jordans. Um, <laughs> and um, my my boss at the time decided that uh, he should be the one going on ESPN oh. to talk about Jordans as opposed to as opposed to me because they, they reached out to me and I told him about it. And then so that kind of, caused a separation between us two and that kind of drove me to start it on my own. So All-Star Weekend of February of February 2013, uh, I was like let go the week before that. The next week I started doing my own videos on YouTube. I had 86, 86 subscribers at the time and just started so you're like me. Them out. Yeah. <laughs> just just got to do it. Just got to do it yeah, and I did it. And I did it. Yeah, and it, and it, it it goes, you know, I don't know people of faith out there, but it just shows you like how God will direct your path mm-hmm. like I would have never done this on my own had I still been been at that site. Like I would still be there doing, you know, churning out videos and doing like I'm doing now. They're basically doing the same job that I'm doing now. For a lot less money. For a lot less money. And I wouldn't have any ownership in what I do. And now, like, I've I've been able to do all of this on my own and I'm respected on the same level as my boss was at that time. If that right. makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Have you seen your boss since then? Yes, yes, yes. I we mm, nice. We, yeah. <laughs> and and I and you know what? I I I approach it in a way that I I try to be really uh really Christian about it and just be like, you know what? That's their business. That's how they run. They want to run. That's how they want to run their business. And I take it as a as a trial. Like if God didn't want me to go through this, I wouldn't have gone through this. And He had me go through this for a reason. And that reason is for me to be where I am today. So I I hold no animosity towards them. Um, I I treat it more as you know. Yeah, that's the way you guys wanted to run your business. All for it. And I took some shots over on in social media. Mm-hmm. I, I did. You know, I'm human. I, I said a few things. Um, you <laughs> know, wrong with you, brother. You, you know, you know, a little you, salty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did. I did a praise dance with a little salt sprinkling <laughs> on the salt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah, I, I pray. I praise dance and did a little salt bay on the side. But you know, at the end of the day, it's like you know, obviously it was, it, there was a reason for us to go through this and a reason for this to happen. And you know, I'm I'm better for it. So thank you. That, that's cool, man. Yeah, that's really cool. And the people can go to what is what is your YouTube channel handle? Uh, my YouTube is youtube.com forward slash Cousteau, and that Cousteau is spelled K U S T O O. And I know that sounds like Custu, but look, I was in high school, and I thought that was a cool way to spell it. So <laughs> don't give me no trash about it. I know it's it's it's, it's bad because like when I meet people in person, they always like, oh Custu, right? Because they'll know me from online, and they'll be like Custu, and I'll be like, no, it's Cousteau. No, actually, it's, in, it's Cousteau. Respect to Jacques Cousteau. Yeah. So like now, I just use my name. I just say Jacques. So I just say Jacques Slade now from now on, and that way people know. So don't it say Sounds like a '70s black exploitation hero Absolutely. name. Cool Absolutely. name. That's a cool name. Absolutely. What's up, baby? I'm Jacques Slade. Jacques. Jacques. You just got pregnant. Because <laughs> <laughs> I looked at you. Yeah, take that. Take that. Take that. Take that. <laughs> uh, well, we're really happy to have you, man. Happy oh, to, to you. hear you share your story. Oh, it's man. pretty cool. And uh, you know what? I was reluctant. I have to admit, I was reluctant to accept the digital space as what it is, mm. and to see people and to keep meeting people and just exposing myself to more people in these varied interests. It's really cool to see because 
it's just another thing to to book into my life and my database mm-hmm. for roles for my own personal growth, whatever. Absolutely. Like me myself, I'm not much of a sneakerhead, um, but I've had a lot of friends, obviously, who collect Jordans, have hundreds of pairs of shoes, and the whole right. thing. I've never really understood that, but yeah. uh, but but I would love to hear about. Like what are the hot? What's the hot shoe now? What's the hard shoe? The hardest shoe to get right now? The hardest shoe to get right now is probably the Yeezy Two, which is Kanye's shoe with Adidas. Uh, Kanye, they like they're just they're just super limited. Well, let's not say super limited. They're very limited and they're hard to get. Um, they probably they sell for two fifty, I think two twenty, and like the resale on them is like fifteen hundred, two grand. Wow. Uh so that's part of why people want them so much. But uh, so Kanye shoes, um Adidas Ultra Boost is a, a really hot shoe right now. Uh which is uh Adidas has this new cushioning technology uh that they call Boost, which is super comfortable and people just fall in love with it. Like people put the shoes on and they just just fall in love with it. It's it's really great. And Adidas is doing really well right now. Now have you found that the, the sneakerhead action plays primarily for men? Or is it men and women? Uh, it's it's definitely dominated by men, and but there are women that that really love sneakers. It's like there's a lot of digital influencers out there that are women right. that love sneakers just as much as men, and probably know more about the sneakers than than most of the men because they feel like you know they generally have to overcompensate just because people question them. Oh, you're in it because of your boyfriend, or yeah, yeah, are yeah, you yeah. in it to get dudes? But like, there's a lot of women out there that genuinely love the sneaker culture. Actually, the I got hired by a woman. For when I first started working in sneakers, it was a girl, woman named uh, Jazzare. Jazzare, uh, I find I follow Jazzare on uh, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So Jazzare, she she put me on. She's the one when I was in between jobs. She's the one like, yo, I work at this company for you know writing about sneakers. Do you want to kind of do this on the side while you're in between jobs? So she she's the one like that put me on initially into the sneaker world. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, that's now, cool. Now let me ask you this: How do you become an official sneakerhead? How many pairs of sneakers do you need to have? That that's that, there is no rule because I I I think I was probably a sneakerhead as a kid, and my mama wasn't buying me sneakers. Right. So, you know, like I mean, if we're gonna keep it hundred, let's keep it hundred. So it's right. about the culture. Yeah, I think it's more about the culture. Just you know, there's something that you love and that you're that you're really into. I like I remember seeing like the older dudes in my neighborhood with Jordan Jordan fours and Jordan fives, and being like, man, I wish I had those. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I I know that feeling. For me, it was uh, it was the phone posits. It go. was the Penny Hardaway phone posits. Those blue phone posits were like, forget about it. Those right. shoes were just, and they weren't even. They were rare only in the sense that you could only get them if you could afford them. <laughs> right. Nike right. made plenty of them. They just were just two hundred fifty dollars a pair, or even I think they went up to three hundred a pair at one point. And didn't nobody had that much money to pay them for no shoes in ninety five, ninety six. Especially my father, he had the money. Just was not about that life. Uh, and. Uh, that's a trip, man. It's, it's crazy how that has become such a big part of sport, of, yeah. of affluent urban culture, if you will. You right. know what I mean? It's, it's really embedded into the, into the culture now. Yeah. Now, as a sneakerhead also, how often do you wear the same pair of sneakers? Or is there like a limit or rule on how many times you can wear it before you dispose of them? No, no, no. Let, and let's, let's, clear, let's clear that up. Like, there are no rules to being a sneakerhead. Okay. Like, people, okay. like, people are like, oh, do you have to do this to be a sneaker? No. Like, just... Just appreciate the culture is really is mm-hmm. really what it's all about for me. Like I I have a more shoes than than I'll ever need. God, thank God, I have way more than I'll ever need. But I probably only wear about ten to fifteen percent of them constantly. 
You know, it's it's just like I mean, I'm just I'm just like anybody else. Like mm-hmm. you have a pair of shoes that you that you wear all the time. Like they're the ones by the door, and you're gonna go run an errand or something. Like those are the shoes that you throw on. Like I put on like when I'm putting on something extremely different is like I have to like think about all right, what am I gonna wear? And like it's like oh, will I do these? No, wear those like six months ago. Maybe I wear these. I know I wear those. Like it's it's I wear the shoes. Huh? Yeah, yeah. It's just too, it's too much. <laughs> to me, it seems like the only rules for being a sneakerhead is that you need to have very, very good feet because <laughs> you need to be able to be able. To, I can't even wear all of the brands of shoes. So that to oh really? I have giant um, flat feet. And oh so they, they, yeah, yeah. I don't. It's certain shoes are just way too narrow. For one, it's hard to find 15s in general. That and is then, true. You know that what I mean? And, and then to find usually they bring out the bozo shoes when you when you go. So you know I'm fortunate now people been giving me shoes for a while now so yeah, i'm yeah. good but pre-internet boy your boy was thirsty out there i can you, imagine you can i can imagine me. at a 15 that's yeah. that's a tough size i that's wore the air size. bozos for a while they were <laughs> they were not cool but they were clean i can tell you that much that's, that's it it was clean well jacques thank you glad to have you on about that oh. glad to speak on it Oh, no problem man thanks thanks for having me here now we heard that you are a uh a bit of a golf aficionado well well you know i like to <laughs> like to tinker around on the green you, you know what I mean? you, you can mess around on the links yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, okay I'm, I'm pretty good you know well, we have a we have a challenge that we're gonna go outside of the studio to perform with you and uh, okay and we'll see how you perform okay yeah. you guys you guys got you guys got irons and, and yeah, listen. Yeah, we're prepared, brother. Okay, all right. Well, I'm, you, you, I'm ready. you bring your game. Yeah, I don't have the right shoes on. Oh, this, but... here we go. Here we go. Uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Jacques Slade. Follow that young man, Jacques Cousteau Slade. You can find him all over the place, primarily on YouTube. Correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, Jacques Slade. Great to have you. Thank you, man. Thanks, man. Let's go play some golf. Yeah, yeah. Play some golf. Let me ask you this: How yes, do sir. you like the new rules in golf? Have you heard have they about official? Have they made them official? I know they I, were talking about it. I don't yeah, know I if it was official, official now, right? I don't know if it was official yet. Yeah. I know there was Y'all a lot looking of talk at me. About I don't even know what the new rules are. What are you saying? There was like about the pace of play and yeah, like they balls have nine, going out of like, bounds yes. and stuff like that. I didn't know if the, if the rules were official yet. I just know I know you, they were talking about it. Yeah, you're no longer penalized for other players' spike marks and all. Wow, yeah. I didn't realize that. Your Sounds lost, like neither one of you guys know what you're talking your about. Your lost ball is now officially lost after three minutes. Right, right. So that so that's more about pace of play. So like a big thing in the, in the golf world and a lot of the the people that saying golf is dying, golf is dying, they're like golf is too long. It's too slow for millennials. Millennials aren't going to play golf because it takes 4 hours of your day or it takes 5 hours of your day, which I mean, I I understand but at the same time if you enjoy the sport like that time is that time is that time. So they're, same they're, thing same thing with baseball. Yes. They're trying to ruin the game of baseball right now by changing a bunch of stuff for a small percentage of people who actually will never enjoy the game. Right. A- absolutely. So that, they're saying now if your ball goes out of bounds, like you got 3 minutes to look for it. And if you don't find your ball in 3 minutes, then your ball is lost. It's officially lost. Which I understand. I if, don't. If you're playing a professional game, if this is a, a professional tournament, there's no rush. It's not like you're trying to speed up for the foursome behind you, right? So it doesn't, you know what I mean? It's, it's but even in the, even in the pro tournaments, in the uh, in the in the pro tournaments, like you you have to be go so fast. Like you'll get penalized. You'll get they'll give you they'll give you a stroke if you take too long. I understand that, but that's just the rhythm to the game. But at the same time, to to put time limits on sports to try to make them pick up the pace, you might as well be playing other sports that are time-oriented. Absolutely. In my I can, opinion. I can, I can, you know what I mean? There's, I absolutely understand. Certain that. sports are time-oriented. Other sports are point-oriented. Other point, You know, this is why baseball and golf to a certain degree are so special because you're not playing against 
the clock. Right. You're playing against the course. You're playing against yourself. yourself. You're playing against the field. You're playing against, you know, in baseball, you're playing against a different version of time, which is opportunities. That time can be translated into innings, which is outs, which is basically just opportunities to to, yeah. to put up runs. That sort of thing is something that you either appreciate or you don't appreciate. And for me, for somebody who loves pretty much all sports, if you don't appreciate it, don't get involved. Don't get involved. Don't play. Yeah. Go yep. do something else. But there's a lot of doom and gloom around the golf world. And, yeah. You know, so, baseball too. So, that, so that's part of, I think that's part of the 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 USGA, it's USGA right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So the US, USGA, they're trying to change those rules just because of the doom and gloom. And I think, you know, it's when you hear doom and gloom, oh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. It's going horrible. Oh, you guys are terrible. Oh, it's terrible over there. Boy, you yeah. guys are It's so bad. It's so bad. It's the so, audience so, are dying it's off. So, so they're dying. Oh, man, they all dying. They all old. Uh, but like, you know, that's not the case. But I think that's kind of gotten into the heads of everybody. I agree. So, and then, you know, the pundits and like every everything has a pundit now. You know, and people coming on golf shows, and they're like, "Yeah, well, the pace of play is killing the game." Back, you know, and the people ain't playing, and the young boys ain't playing, the young girls ain't playing, and all this and that. But they're but still if you weren't great. Playing, you weren't playing. But if you weren't playing, you weren't playing at all. Like they just have to realize some people aren't going to play golf. Like yeah. I didn't, I didn't play golf until I was older. You know, I I just had a, a way of thinking about the sport that just made it seem like old people play golf. So luckily, you know, I, I feel like I'm young enough now where I can still play and be like, yo, it's not just old people. But that transition has to happen. Golf has been so like against like the younger generation and in, in having anything sort of cool in golf, mm -hmm. I guess. So like when I golf, like I wear, wear basketball shorts and a, some pre compression pants and a pair of, <laughs> of Jordans. I'm saying like and, and a t-shirt. Like I like I don't I don't want to be in in the your funny knickers right. and your dress shoes on the golf course. That's just because that's hey, just man, not watch my style. Rachel slurs, brother. No. <laughs> but yeah, so so tell me this: What's your favorite course that you played? My favorite course, um, I like I really like Knollwood. I play Knollwood a lot, which is in Granada Hills. Just like a small, it's not a, it's like a, a long small course. So it's like it's it's what I play most often, and then um, I've also played at uh, goodness gracious, oh, I can't even think of the name of it. It's in it's in Fillmore. It's a really nice course in Fillmore. Okay, uh, just beautiful. Just like Fillmore's just beautiful. beautiful. Fillmore, yeah, it's really nice. Just a really nice course. I can't think of the name of it right now though. Mm -hmm. I, I, I met the uh, I met the. Uh, What's the, what's the insurance? The the black dude that does the insurance commercials. Allstate. Allstate. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was playing behind him, and I was like the whole day. I was Dennis Haysburg. Yeah, I was thinking the whole day, like, I try, how do you make some kind of joke? What kind of joke? Can <laughs> what can I hit him with? Yeah, what can I hit him with? What can I hit him with? Where he would laugh and be like, "Oh, young black man, how are you?" <laughs> but I, I got some insurance I, rate cuts yeah, for you. Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it I the Elkins? The Elkins? Elkins. There you go. Elkins. There you go. Elkins. The internet yeah, never the let inter you down. The internets will never let you down. <laughs> well, here we go. We got a segment to complete real quick that we're going to talk to about the uh, the NFL Combine. I don't know how much you look at that, but we're going to talk to one of our uh, uh, contributors to talk about what went down down in Arizona. There you go. Hey, what's going on, Big O? AP, CEO of D1 Bound, hashtag D1 Bound, live in the Ozone. Just wanted to talk to you real quick about what went down down in Arizona. We know that you follow a lot of those kids. You've seen them a lot out the uh, the Nike opening event. And uh, we just wanted to talk about what you thought about what you saw and who your sleeper cell picks are for the Combine and for the league next year. Oh, man. Um, it's, it's big time next year. The DB class is thick. Um, you know, there's a lot of sleepers as far as, you know, certain positions go. Wide receiver, um, defensive back in particular, there's a lot of sleepers. But I just think it's going to be an exciting year, and uh, a lot of people are about to get paid. 
A lot of people are about to get paid, which is very exciting for them. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, man, we got a we got a special guest on the line with you, Mr. Jacusto Slade. And matter of fact, uh, uh, Aaron is a bit of a sneakerhead himself, and Jacques has made a career out of being a sneakerhead and and a a, uh, a digital presence and a digital influencer. Uh, and has his own YouTube channel is popping. How many subscribers you got on your YouTube channel? Uh, four hundred and twenty-five thousand. That, wow. That's a that's a lot of subscribers. Wow. It's a lot of views. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot that's of a, views. That's a couple. That's a, that's a couple. <laughs> yeah, yes, it's a few. It's a few. I get it. That's and uh, and yeah, you know. And speaking of sneakers, we talked about it on the last episode of the Ozone. Adidas offering that million dollars <laughs> for life for anybody who could uh, who could break Chris Johnson's record. And the kid went out there, John Ross, and ran it in some Nikes. Now, what do you know about that kid, John Ross? the third oh man uh he's a long beach jordan product uh you know came up through one of the city schools so you know not getting too much recognition um i believe he was a a semper fi all-american at a high school but man always had blazers went up to uw with troy williams troy williams left when the coaching change happened but he stuck it through, you know, came off a knee injury and ran a four two two. come on man yeah that's that's what i was like how long was that injury i was i heard a lot about that um, he uh, had an ACL injury, man, and it was, uh, wow. I believe he was in surgery the year before this last year. So the year before this last season, he had his surgery and bounced back strong, man. So I guess that's a uh, cheers to modern medicine. Right. Wow. Absolutely. That is great. And now, who else do you see in there? You know, I know you love you some Adoree Jackson. How'd you feel about his performance? And a lot of people are saying he's the greatest all-around athlete that's coming out of the draft. What do you think about his performance and where he may fall? I think he did really well. He showed that he could catch the ball. He showed that he could run smoothly, get in and out of his breaks. I don't believe he participated in all the drills. Um, I don't think he did any of the cone drills or the shuttle drills. So you got to think maybe, you know, that injury that happened to him in the Rose Bowl game might still be nagging him. But I think once, you know, you get an Adoree Jackson with an NFL coaching staff behind him, it's a different story. But overall, I think he did pretty well. Um, some DBs that stuck out, though, I mean, those UW DBs were killing it. Um, Kevin King, 6'3", DB from UW, uh, had a 3'8'9 shuttle drill, and I think the record that was set in uh, 2014 is a 3'8'1". So a 6'3 guy, wow. you know, running a sub-four-second sub shuttle. You know, those guys, you got some guys that are ready. Got some guys out there that Julio Jones is waiting to get into. Man. <laughs> and now give me your sleeper cell. You got somebody out there that you're thinking of, or is everything on its face for the most part? It seems like in the draft there's always some way of picking somebody who, you know, goes second round, third round, fourth round, and then turns out to be a Hall of Famer or long, have a long-storied career. Did you see anybody out there and watching the draft, or did you see somebody that had some potential prior to the combine that maybe they just didn't have their best showing at the combine based on what you've seen them do over the past few years? Um, I'm thinking, like, there's a, a kid from Marion High or Marion College, NAIA school, Creshawn Hogan, 6'3", almost 230. He ran a 4.56 and had, you know, almost a 37-inch vert. Also did pretty well wow. in the cone drill. When I was watching the combine, you know, he looked smooth. Big hands, kind of like those hands that just engulf the ball. So he was looking nice. And uh, who else? A guy from University of Central Florida, Shaquille Griffin, he looked amazing at the combine. He ran a 4.38 uh, and had 17 reps of 225. So wow, so he's big and strong. 17, yeah. Oh, yeah, 38-and-a-half-inch vertical. So this guy looks pretty nice coming. And, you know, South Florida's got some of the best athletes in the world. So you know you're undoubtedly going to have some sleepers out of that area every year. Wow. 
Wow. Well, AP, always so happy to have you. Tell the people where they can find you and find the best information on high school athletes right now. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Sports Recruits. That's with an S at the end, at Sports Recruits. You can also find our gear on D1Bound.com or follow us at D1Bound Apparel on Instagram. And, you know, I might have to stick on the line because, you know, it sounds like, you know, the homie might have some rare kicks I need to cop. Ah! <laughs> he, well. just, he just blessed us with some, well. uh, with some ideas that you got to drop him your size. I connect you guys offline. And hopefully you can uh, figure out a way to get something. Maybe you can work a barter system and get him laced up in some D1. Matter of fact, I'm wearing my D1 bound shorts right now. There it is. Look at that. Hey, there we go. We, we might need to collab on a vlog or something like that, man. Hit us up. <laughs> oh, drop our line and, and let's get with it. Hey, man, you're tuning into the Ozone. I appreciate you having us on, representing D1 Bound and the whole crew, man. I, I'm always thankful to have us on uh, the Ozone. Appreciate it, big O. Thanks for your knowledge, man. Speak to you soon. All right, now, you Pete. All right, man. That's All right, peace. All right, T. Ah, so much great information on the ozone. Yeah, man. People know what they're talking about, Jack. Yeah, it's not do. a game. Don't they come do. in there slipping. Yeah. You don't don't come in. Don't don't come unless you come correct, sucker. No, that's right. I'm telling I love, you, I love this. I love this. Yeah, I'm it's solid. Come, I see you eyeing those clean be, snacks. Yeah. You can get you another <laughs> yeah. one, brother. Anyone, I know. It's always an offer and yours to receive. I, I tried to set my drink by. I saw. <laughs> So when I reached hey, over there, <laughs> it could be it could be all in one, be all in one, uh, all in one move. Yeah, all in one move. So uh, they would notice, but good. now that you notice, mm. and yeah, uh, put it out there. You know, uh, one of the final things that we're going to speak on today is uh, we're both crazy big baseball heads. Very, really? very excited oh, that goodness. that it's it's springtime. It is the most wonderful time of the year, and. Uh, World Baseball Classic has started. We'll go get into that more later, but we just want to talk about uh, just the preliminary things. Very surprised at Israel. Israel's balling out. Wow. Undefeated. Undefeated. They won their pool, and I don't even think anybody expected them to get out of there. I wouldn't. I mean, North Korea, South Korea's out of there. North Korea decided not to show up because they were bit China. They were making ballistic tests, nuclear tests, but they didn't. They couldn't feel the they team. Have oh, they didn't have time. They didn't have time. So I'm busy. Right okay. But I heard they have an explosive lineup. Ladies and gentlemen, tune in. I'll be here all week. Anyways. Yeah, uh, uh, South Korea, who's all a perennial, you know, they perennially get deep into the, oh the classic. They usually are, to me, are one of the best, if not the best team. Man, I'm telling you, I, I'm I'm here to tell you, I think Venezuela wins it all this year. I really like they're this beating squad. Texas right now, six to one. Oh yeah, well that's not an official game. I think their pool no, starts. No, they're getting uh, warm. tomorrow. Yeah, they're just getting loose, and you don't want Miguel Cabrera to get loose. They have an all-star team. They got an all. I tried to tell you. Yeah. I tried to tell uh, you. The pitching was suspect this, this time. It's all right. It's, it, you're going to see. You're yeah, going to learn. I will because, you know, when a team like Israel can sneak up on you, you don't know what might happen. This is why baseball is the greatest game yes, ever created. because it doesn't matter what size you are. You know, dimensions does not matter, man. You no. have to swing the stick. You have to pitch. Have to catch and throw. That's it. And you have to do them all in timely fashions. And consistently. Yep. Yeah. So no, no lapses. No lapses. I'm learning right now. Oh, so don't worry. No, yeah, no, no, no. Stay I'm, here. I'm we'll teach you. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll learn you. We'll teach, learn you teach something here. But the game actually, uh, Major League Baseball starts in the first week of April. Mm-hmm. Um, but this World Baseball Classic is like the Olympics of baseball. Countries send out their best players. Uh, Except for the United States. Yeah, for, and, but the United States sends out some good players this year. But, but yeah, countries send out their best players. And this is truly 
like the World Series, if you can, if you will, because it's a it is a, just a collective of native countrymen mm-hmm. playing one another, and it's intense. The atmosphere when you go to these games, we're gonna be at the game. There's the finals are here at Dodger Stadium, mm-hmm. May oh, wow. March twentieth, twenty second, and I'm here to tell you it's gonna be rocking and rolling. You wow, you just you really? this you haven't even it's like you're at the Super Bowl. It's unbelievable. I've Unbelievable! Ne- I've, I've ne- I've, I'll be honest. I've never heard of the World Baseball Classic, and that's this what's sad. Yeah. This is the, because this is, I, I actually, I, I take that back. I heard about it earlier today. I was watching ESPN, or I was listening to ESPN, and I heard I heard them mention it. So that was the first time. This is the first time. That was the first time I ever heard of it. And I thought I was like, what? What is that? I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's like the Olympics for baseball. You can yes, look it up. And the, the, the games are starting to play. Uh, they just started yesterday. I think the tournament started two days ago. Uh, and. Wow, it's serious baseball. It's, so, it's do great. all the play, is it is it kind of like the regular Olympics where all the players that play here in America that are from different countries they yeah. go back to their yep. countries, they go back and to their, their countries. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. That's the only downside to me is because you know there's so much money involved with these other athletes when they're playing in the major leagues and are these other leagues. We can never get the cream, the the oh, real cream of the crop. Right, right. So, like Clayton Kershaw probably would never play in the WBC. Got it. So Mike Trout is not going to be playing in the no. WBC. So it's not. So it's not like you'll get a, a, a dream team, like a like an Olympic dream you team. You do though. Well, the you team do. is still. It's, it's just still. The, it's just not maybe a handful of the cream cream of the crop. Yes. Okay. Because, because the American guys. That's what I was going to yeah. say. The American guys don't take it culturally as serious as a lot of the other countries. Yes. Japan's won it two out of the three times, I yes. do believe. And the Got Japanese it. take it seriously. Right. The Cubans take it seriously. The very first one, Fidel Castro put up a million dollars and said, hey, listen, yes. we, I, I'm forget the tournament. Side bet. A million bucks. Anybody thinks who they wants can do who wants to romp with, with Cuba. No way. Yes, oh, and yeah. they went directly to the finals. Wow. And, and they end up losing to Japan in the finals. I don't think that he ever paid up, but uh, <laughs> I mean, well, what can you do? <laughs> I, don't, I owe you. Uh, yeah. he Come shipped to him, my island and pick he, it up. He shipped yeah. him a bunch of cigars, <laughs> but uh, but I don't. But yeah, but it, but even then, it, they were. It's, it's just great baseball. It's great baseball. I'm telling you, and it really jumps off starting tomorrow down in Miami because the Dominican. Colombia, the United States, and I can't remember who else is in that group are all playing, and it is about to go down. That's good. I'm about to watch this. I'm, I'm one of those. I'm one of those baseball guys where I'm like, I'd rather play than watch baseball. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? But right. absolutely. But at the same time. It's also a craftsmanship where you can appreciate greatness, right. and what you're going to see in the World Baseball Classic is greatness, That's, and I and love it. yes, and it. and it's evident. Like it's not like you're going to have to, you know what I mean? Like search out. Oh, I wonder what's going on. Nah, you're going to see guys who are on the upper level because you also see teams who are not on the upper level. Who like the Chinese team made a lot of mental mistakes. They were out there looking like a little league team. Really? Yes, and Cuba rolled all over them. And then they just got shut out by Australia. Yeah, come on, man. Wow. They got, but the, but the game is just being introduced there. Yes. They're really? just now, get, yeah. They're just now getting the game of baseball. You think baseball? I, I would think baseball is such a a phenomenon around the world that that people are. You like look at they're, it. They're ingrained in baseball, like, right? For the most part, they are. But you're talking about a communist country that has really controlled, you know, the images right. and ideas. More importantly, of what it is that comes in and goes out. Right. So literally, the game, from what I understand, has just recently been introduced. So they're feeling a team basically in goodwill, saying, "Wow, this is what it's like." And one thing that I've noticed is that all of these countries take it very personally. So when now, if you went out there and you got clowned, everybody's going to, the government officials are going to be like, okay, all right, we see how it is. Let's, let's, let's do this, Brutus. Wow. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I love that. I love that. That but passion is there. Of, yeah. You can think of a team like Venezuela, you know, if they won the whole thing, how much that would lift that country up. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And they need that. Yeah. That'd yeah, be great. a shot to the yeah, I can see that. I can yeah. see that. The country's getting that good getting really serious about mm-hmm. it and, yeah. and, and taking taking it to heart. And, and and when your players come back and taking it to heart. Like, Vamos, yeah. child! 
Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully the Chamos get it done down there. I want them to win. Yeah. But uh, we got that piece. And then the last little piece that I want to cover, I don't know if you got anything else. The last little piece I want to cover is for uh, basketball. Dirk Nowitzki joined the 30,000-point club yeah, yesterday. That's real. Yeah. Man, I think he's really – I think this is a clear-cut case of reverse racism because <laughs> Dirk Nowitzki doesn't get anywhere near the burn that he should get. He's a world champion. Yes. He took a team that was not really great and beat LeBron James up in the finals. Yep. And uh, and and Dwayne Wade too, as a matter of fact, and uh-huh. Chris Bosh. He uh-huh. beat the he beat the he that, beat the unit. He beat yeah yeah he beat the big three. Yeah. And uh, thirty thousand points is a very very it's serious a milestone. That's you a put serious that's milestone. buckets. That's a huge, you got you put the ball in the hole. That's a huge number. Shout out shout out to Dirk. You know he did. He doesn't have like that superstar mentality. He's not like I'm a star. He doesn't have that like I'm a no, star. No, it's a team. It's a team it's mentality a team thing for him. And he understands that. And, he, and from what I understand, he's ingratiated himself with the uh, the community of Dallas down there too, which is one of the reasons why he wanted to stay. Yeah, that's right. awesome, man. So he's supposed to play two, three more years. He said he's something even up to four. Wow, so I don't really? know. Yeah, <laughs> I thought like, what year is he in? What you might know what like how far? I think he's he almost twenty years into the league already now. Oh wow, Dirk is balling. He's like something, something crazy. Are you looking it up? Yeah, I'll look it something up. like fifteen years in the league or something like that. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I was wondering how long it's been. I meant to look that up to see how long he's been playing. Man, but he's been he's been he's been lethal ever since. And it's funny they were showing the uh, the Kobe clip from uh, a couple of years ago when uh, he was playing the Lakers and he hit that fadeaway jumper against the Lakers, mm. and Kobe was like, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. Kobe, Kobe was on the bench, and he was like, yep, go and get, get, his go young, get, get yours, Dirk. Yeah, get his young boys that work. Go ahead. Give them <laughs> that work, because that's exactly what it was. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a spirited effort on the Ozone. want to thank our special guest, Jacques Cousteau Slade. Thank you for having me on the Ozone. No, no doubt about it. We're going to see what them golf skills are like very, very yes. shortly. Okay, okay. <laughs> Dirk's been in the league 14. 14, 14 years. years. Okay, long okay, time. yeah, so he could do four more. He could do four or five uh, more years. Yeah, I can see that happening. <laughs> Tell his knees that. Uh, I'm going to leave you with a quote <laughs> here. For beautiful eyes, look for the good in others. For beautiful lips, speak only words of kindness. And for poise, walk with the knowledge that you are never alone. It's from Audrey Hepburn, folks. Nice rocking with us, baby. Thanks for riding with the Ozone. Call in. Tell us what you think. We are at area code 424-254-9663. That is 454-254-ZONE. I am your host, Omar Miller, and this is the Ozone. Here's a chance to dance our way Out of our constriction Call the beat freaking up and down With a groove I only got, we shall all be moved. Ready or